This is the Dave Logan Podcast. And welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brown are with you, podcast number 41. We appreciate uh, everybody listening, downloading our podcast. We want to shout out to Dr. Bobak, one of our sponsors. We'll talk more about him coming up. We are still doing our podcast because of what's going on in our world via Zoom. So good to see you, Julie. You look like you're in the exact same place as you were last week, although I think you're wearing something different. So congratulations. Thank you. You know, um, I got to say, I'm just going to start this out. What a great weekend because we had so many sports. Like, what do you do with that? That that's see, that's how bad it has been the past like four months. I I know exactly what you mean, and I think, given what we have seen or the lack thereof the past four months, I suppose so. But what? But the the NBA. I'm having a hard time, <laughs> oh, man, wrapping yeah. my head around what looks to be rec basketball. I mean, I watched the Nuggets play. Um, I. They look like they could have given two whips about what they were doing. Mm -hmm. I I applaud Mike Malone. For those of you listening to this that are Nuggets fans, you already know. But after the game, he was very frank and honest and forthright and right to the point. I mean, our guys, there were guys walking back on defense. I mean, the ball is being propelled up the court. And I look back, there's guys walking. If I were coaching, if the Nuggets were a bunch of high school kids, yeah. and I were coaching that team for that particular game, not an indictment on their entire season because they were in second place in the West when the pandemic hit, but I would stop, I would stop the game and I would say, you know what? Get on the line and we're going <laughs> to run right. until I get tired. If this is the kind of effort you're going to display, you're wasting your time, you're wasting my time. If you don't have more pride in what you do and you don't want to put the effort out, come sit down by me or we'll stop practice and we'll di- listen, we'll discondition. We won't have a ball out. We won't through any drills. We'll just run the lines. That's how bad it was. It was pretty shocking because there was so obviously there were a lot of big name players out, but that's when you're supposed to step up, right? And show because you're getting more minutes. If you're a guy that doesn't get a lot of minutes, um, that was a pretty, yeah, that was a pretty surprising reaction. Were you surprised? Let's hop into a little bit of football. Were you surprised about Jawan James that he opted out? Um, I made a promise to myself that mm-hmm. during the pandemic, I would not criticize a professional athlete or athlete of any any level for opting out due to COVID-19 concerns. So I'm 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 going to honor what I said and I know that Juwan and his wife who's from the Denver area just recently had a baby. Um May 22nd, I think. Was that what it was? Mm-hmm. And I know they're concerned and rightfully so about the health and welfare of their child and family. That said, I think this was a tremendous blow to the Broncos. Not because, I mean, Juwan James played in, what was it, 63 snaps yeah. last year? Yeah. I mean, here's a guy that had $32 million guaranteed, played in 63 snaps. There, there was, uh, you know, 
a bone of contention from James in terms of how the injury was handled. He went on in his press release to say that there was a complete false narrative that was put out about him. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been involved, you know, as an NFL player. I know how that works. You're injured. You're unable to play. You're then treated by the, by the medical staff. And the Broncos have a wonderful medical staff. I, I, I truly believe that. But then the staff evaluates that injury, and they decide, A, if you're ready to go back or you're ready to go back in a limited basis or let's work your – but they – they cleared him. And so they went to the coaching staff, as as it happens all the time in the NFL, and said, yep, Juwan James is is clear to go. Well, then he didn't feel like he was clear. He didn't feel like he, he could practice. So the team, I, I mean, I understand from a coach's standpoint, you get frustrated. Dude, we need you to we need you to play right tackle, right? I mean, you've been cleared to go. Let's see if we can work through the mental hurdle. The team felt like it was a mental block for Juwan James, that he was tentative with the injury. Juwan James felt like the injury hadn't healed. I'm still not ready to go. I always, I never question an NFL player's toughness because I know how tough you have to be to play that game. So, but I also understand from the team standpoint, when the medical staff comes to you and said, yep, he's ready to go and he won't go, how you could get frustrated about that too. Well, any team, though, is probably uh, more motivated to get their players out there, right? I'm not talking specifically about the Broncos. So, I don't know. I felt like he was put in a bad position. I think there's – so, if you haven't seen his he, – he came out with a statement. It was a very well-thought-out statement about opting out. I saw it. It's pretty long, so I won't go ahead and read it. But I would suggest if, if you have an issue with Juwan James opting out, read it because I really feel like um, – he really made some good points. I mean, it's unfortunate for Bronco fans, but I feel like if he's, you know, health is more important than anything else. Your family is more important than anything else. That's what I believe, right? Maybe other people believe other things. It's clear that that's what Juwan James believes. But then I looked at the reaction on Twitter. Um, I think it was a, I think it was probably a tough decision, but people are killing sure. him. Sure. I, hey, listen, um, I think privately, I don't think the Broncos brass will say anything like this publicly. But I think they're pissed. Um, Would you, you be pissed? Yes. I, I, if I were running the team, um, because he went through the off-season conditioning, and again, you, you want to take him at his word, and I have no reason to believe that he's opting out for any other reason other than COVID-19. But this, I mean, this is a team that didn't expend a draft choice on a tackle this year in the last NFL draft, right? They they went into and out of that draft operating under the assumption that Juwan James would come back, he'd be healthy, he'd play right tackle, he was the highest paid right tackle in the history of the league, he would fortify that position, Mm -hmm. and after last year in which he had 63 snaps, he'd be hungry to come back and prove to the team that you didn't waste money on me. So given all those things, and now to opt out right as training camp starts, whether they believe him or don't believe him or they're irritated or what have you, the the reality of it is this puts the Broncos in a tremendous bind. I think they have to now look at the free agent market of guys that may have been retired for a year or two or free agent older vets that haven't latched on to a team. But And you would think that Elijah Wilkinson, who's battling an injury, but he's going to be okay at the start of training camp now – you probably take him from his competition with Garrett Bowles, you move him to right tackle. Well, then 
now there's no competition for Garrett Bowles. Now you have Garrett Bowles, who has had his fair share of issues at left tackle. Now he's your left tackle. I mean, who's your swing tackle right now? It would be a name that most Bronco fans, even the most ardent of supporters, probably wouldn't even recognize. So to me, you have to, and I, I suspect they are, you have to scour uh, all the names and that little book that you keep that Matt Russell has and his staff of, of guys that have played tackle in the past that may be 35 years old and out of football maybe a year, maybe two years, maybe they just got cut, maybe you know they're not the answer, but you have to have a veteran body that you can plug in as a backup for both tackles. Here's the scary thing, though, Dave, like that doesn't sound like a recipe for success. And think about the other veteran bodies that they've brought in. It's not gone well. They, they've had no success. I mean, I would say the Broncos have had the least amount of success at the tackle position as any position on the team in the last eight or nine years. I mean, we could just off the top of my head rattle off names such as Menelik Watson. Mm. Um, Ron Leary, right? Ron Leary was a guard. I just added an O to his name. And Ron Leary played, so he wouldn't be a total bust. Donald Stevenson was a right tackle that just, I mean, it was just awful. I'm probably missing out on a couple. Chris Clark was a backup tackle. He's with the Texans. I mean, you have to be able to find somebody that has some experience and tailor a schedule for him that would entice him to maybe come out of retirement and and create. You're going to have some cap space because of of what Juwan James uh, opt out will allow. But it's it's not. Listen, that position was a was a concern going in. It was one of the we talked last week about one of the positions that I would focus on if I could go to camp every single day, which I can't. Tackle would be one. I mean, you're now counting on Garrett Bowles to do something that so far he has not proven he can do, and that is to be you know, a consistently viable option to throw out there for 16 weeks at left tackle. Now, maybe he gets it done. I, I've got nothing against Garib. I hope so. Team sure as hell hope so. Um, and then you got to hope that Elijah Wilkinson, who they did plug in at right tackle last year after the injury to Juwan James, and Elijah struggled at right tackle. Now, maybe it was because of the injury. I mean, who knows? Maybe they get good play. But if I tell you, the one guy that I thought of first today when I saw the statement was Pat Shermer. Now you've got to think, okay, it's fine to bring this new offense in, and I want to be able to, from time to time, release five in a route. And, and we, we call that bingo protection, where the offensive line knows, hey, no tight end staying in, there's no backs in, it's just us five. The ball better come out quickly to start this season for Drew Locke because you you just you don't know how your tackles are going to hold up. I feel like I need a drink after of, this conversation. Anything that's strong after this conversation? We're taping this at about twelve fifteen <laughs> on a Monday afternoon. I'm just all of a sudden depressed. Well, no, I'm just trying to be realistic <laughs> about it. I mean, that's the one position. I mean, yeah. they could have afforded. I mean, really, there's some depth on this team. Mm-hmm. Not a tackle. No. Not a tackle. Now, there is some, you know, we were talking today about maybe Dalton Reisner, who played tackle some at Kansas State, moving out. To me, that would be the last-ditch thing. I mean, I think you look inside. You've got Dalton Reisner at left guard. You've got um, uh, Cushenberry, the third-round draft choice out of LSU at center. And you've got uh, 
the kid they signed from Detroit, um, whose name now escapes me, the right guard. You've got a pretty good nucleus of players in there. When you start moving guys, I mean, Dalton Reisner probably he'd give you great effort and and maybe a serviceable right tackle. But to me, he's a second year guy. I don't want to mess with Dalton Reisner, his career and the trajectory that he established in the in the uh, in his first year at left guard. I mean, he started sixteen regular season games. So. Graham Glasgow. Yeah, Graham Glasgow. I should get that name down because he's going to be the starting <laughs> right guard for your Denver Broncos. So you've got a really, I think, a good foundation set inside. The Broncos will draft a tackle very high next spring or whenever they have the NFL draft. Maybe a couple, but that doesn't help them this year. Hey Dave, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I do want to ask you about the first week of training camp and Drew Locke. We'll talk about it next. The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's a daveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter at DaveLoganPod or at JulieBrownman1. Welcome back to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman with you. Very happy to once again talk about uh, orthodontic specialist, Dr. Wojtek Bobek. Really great doc. As you know, it's that time of year. Parents are thinking about getting braces for their children. Of course, if they go back to school, maybe braces for yourself. And so let us highly suggest a visit to see Dr. Bobek and his staff. He uses state-of-the-art digital radiography and a 3D technology to give you or your child a smile that you're going to be proud of. Dr. Bobak also realizes that orthodontics can be a bit pricey, right? So he only uses what scientific clinical research has shown to be significantly effective. And believe it or not, a lot of the fancy braces and some of the treatment devices that have been promoted in orthodontics have not shown to be effective. It's simply costlier for the patient's family. And of course, that's a big, big deal these days. And so kudos to Dr. Bobak for uh, for doing it this way. He takes all insurances, and that includes CHP Plus and Medicaid, three convenient locations, one in Lakewood, also in Thornton and Aurora. Uh, we actually stopped out about a month and a half ago to his office in Lakewood. Fun, relaxing environment, TVs to watch, music to listen to. They even have a massage chair for the parents to hang out in while waiting during their child's visit. And also, let us tell you that you can be assured Dr. Bobak has implemented all the measures recommended by the CDC and American Dental Association, and that includes patient questionnaires. They give you a temperature check, the use of face shields and N95 masks, and of course, a spotless office. And if you mention you heard Dr. Bobak on our podcast, how about this? You get a $500 discount on a full set of braces or Invisalign. So, parents, if you've been thinking about doing this for your kids, now is the perfect time to check out Dr. Bobak at bobakortho.com. That's B-O-B-A-K-ortho.com. Or if you prefer, call 303-988-0844. Again, 303-988-0844. That's bobakortho.com. And smile like you mean it. So this is definitely a different kind of training camp. No media has been to training camp. There have been a couple of guys that are allowed into like uh, a bill. You can't you can't watch what they're doing. 
So I don't know if, when, when that's going to open, um, when they actually have some practices. I mean, they'll have to have padded practices. I think right now NFL teams are, you know, trying to feel their way along in terms of how do we make sure we create as absolute safe an environment as we possibly can. Uh, they're obviously watching baseball, right? I mean, and, and football, the football model, if it's to work this year, is much like baseball. It's not like hockey or, or the NBA. It's not like the NHL. So these players are going to have to be very careful because they're able to leave the facility every day and go home. And what they do when they leave the facility, by and large, is going to be really important in deciding what kind of season they have. I thought I saw one of the protocols for the NFL was or heard that it was like you can't. It's basically like please don't get together in parties of 15 or more. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's a strong suggestion by the league. How about like five or more? Like 15, that's a lot of people. I feel now, like stop and think about this, though. I mean, here, herein lies the rub. I mean, the, people, the young people in this country, by statistics, are far less likely to contract COVID. And if they get it, it, it doesn't affect them the way that it does the older generation and certainly those that have underlying medical conditions. So I remember, I'm not too old to remember how I felt in my early 20s. You think you are absolutely invincible. You drive too fast. You probably drink too much. You party too much. You don't get any sleep one night. You can go like crazy the next day. I'll sleep when, you know, two nights from now. So all these dudes have to modify what has sort of been ingrained in their behavior probably since they got out of high school. Um, can that happen? I, I don't know. I guess it depends on how mature your team is and what kind of leaders, veteran leaders you have. And are those old goats able to convey the message to these young dudes? Like, listen, man, when we leave here, go your ass home and then come back tomorrow. Let's, let's see if we can have a season. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, th- I still think the league intends to trudge ahead and play, and there'll be some positive tests and guys who get quarantined, and there may be a situation or two once the season starts where you know a team really gets hit hard. We saw Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Eagles, who was asymptomatic, test positive for COVID, so he has to quarantine now for two weeks, and Deuce Staley has to act uh, as the head coach. I mean, that, that, that could happen. You've got to have all these protocols in place and who knows how that's going to work is it mature or mature like you said i think either or mature is mature 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 it's mature well i think it's proper Uh to say mature Uh or mature i think you're like silver spoonie what does that mean are are you do you you want a wager (laughs) maybe i don't know a month's salary on whether or not it is acceptable to use the word M-A-T-U-R-E uh-huh. in a way that calls for it to be called mature or mature. I okay. believe each is okay. Okay. Um, let's just talk quickly about Drew Locke and what John always said about Drew Locke. Yep. He said our expectations for him are definitely tempered this year. Is he already giving him a pass? A little bit. Right. Yeah, a little bit. Because, I mean, I think that's just Elway being honest. I mean, he's had no no OTAs. They've had no work in the offseason. Except him, you know, getting together a bunch of receivers and throwing in a park. Go down by the trash can down there and making out. I mean, there's no, you know, it, it, 
yeah, they're going to be behind. And especially for a quarterback entering his first full year as a starter and with a new offense. I mean, I think, I think, you know, COVID-19 in the pandemic has impacted everybody, but then there are different levels of impact. Mm-hmm. I think the Broncos, in terms of the other 31 teams, they have probably, with, with their roster and the coaching changes on offense and the philosophy on offense and the new quarterback and new center, new guard, yet new starting wide receiver as a rookie, you got a bunch of young cats – Absolutely. I think I think Elway's being honest. Listen, I, I mean, we hope that we're going to be pretty good this year, but what we are this year more than likely is not going to be an indication of what we will be in the near future. So I think it was an honest appraisal of where the team sits. As excited as he got Bronco fans last year, should we? is it unfair to expect that he's going to come in and pick up right where he left off? Like, What should our expectations of Julak be? I, I think he's got really good talent. And I think it depends on his sort of mindset. I, what I like, I like a lot of things about Drew Locke. I do think he has somewhat of a gunslinger's mentality. And I think to try to coach all of that out of him would not be the way that if I were his quarterback coach or offensive coordinator that I would, I would try to coach bad decisions out of him. But I want him to have swagger and to think, you know what? I'm pretty sure I can make that throw. And then... If, if that's how you coach him, you have to then understand that he's going to make some throws where you're going to grab your head in the sideline and go, oh, shit, what, 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 are, what are you doing, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't – you don't want to coach so much confidence and swagger out of a guy that it becomes like a system sort of almost a backup quarter. You can find those guys, seriously, you can find them anywhere. I mean, they're everywhere. But you, you, I think the Broncos feel like they have, I won't say elite, but a really talented young quarterback that is going to get better year by year. So let him do his thing, and he's going to make some mistakes this year. You just have to roll with him. I think his confidence has even gone up this year just listening to his comments. He said last year he was really concentrating on – one of the things he was concentrating on was um, getting the respect of the older veterans right. and kind of learning, you know, the culture. And, and I said, okay, that I've got, he feels like he's got that and can concentrate on other things. Like that just sounds to me like a very confident person. Like, he do- boom, got that. Yeah, he doesn't lack for confidence. No. I, I think if you listed his five top attributes, mm-hmm. I think confidence would be one of them for sure. How about hair? Yeah, good hair. Me too. Good yeah. hair. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the future here. I mean, I think with everything that's happened in the offseason, probably not, definitely not ideal for the Broncos, and he may take a step back. But I'll tell you this, he's going to have some games this fall, assuming they play, where he looks like a million bucks. He's going to look like one of the five best quarterbacks in football. You mark my word, he will have multiple games where people will leave the game and say, damn, I mean, that that guy's unbelievable. He will also have... Three, maybe four games uh-huh. where you leave the game and say, damn, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, what what was he doing? I mean, two of those throws in the third quarter, I'm like, where the hell are you throw? He's going to have. That's just the way young quarterbacks roll. And, and, and you couple that with he's, he's in a new system that they haven't even been able to work. So it's going to be a roller coaster ride, but I think it's going to be a fun one. Uh, you might get sick and throw up after the ride's done, 
but you're going to be screaming your brains out going over the dips. Like it's going to be a lot of fun until the thing stops and you chuck. <laughs> Last question. Uh, team release Jeff Hireman, which you had talked about, you know, a few podcasts ago. Saw that coming. So you saw that coming. So what does that tight end room look like? Who's making this team? Is Jake Butt next? Well, Jake Butt's thing. Jake Butt has plenty enough talent to be in the league. Yeah. Jake Butt's one of the more talented young guys, but three ACLs. He's going to have a hard time making the roster just because, you know, they don't they don't know if they can count on him, if he's going to be available. Talent-wise, he, sh- he should make the team and be one of the top tight ends. But you would think, I mean, no offense going to make the team. I You know, w- we'll see. We'll see after that. Um, you know, Shermer loves the tight end. I, you know, how many passes will Noah Fant? That's one of the questions I'm asked a lot. What do you think will Noah Fant increase his total? Probably. But you've also got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Pat Shermer loves to throw to his backs. It would not surprise me if Melvin Gordon has 50 catches. Well, you expect Cortland Sutton in his first two years. He's had very productive seasons. I mean, Cortland Sutton's going to be, you would think, an 80-plus catch guy, maybe more. Jerry Judy's going to start if he stays healthy for 16 games as a rookie. I think he'll have 60-plus. Well, now you start thinking, well, wait a minute. How many, how many passes are they completing this year? So we'll see. But, I, um, yeah, I, th- I think Drew Locke, one thing about it, you've got a really young nucleus around him. It's going to be fun to see how Pat Shermer builds on this, even given all the restraints because of the pandemic. Last question. You brought up roller coasters. If I, if it was open, if I put you on the Mind Eraser roller coaster at Elitch's or the Twister. What does the Mind Eraser roller coaster do? Erase your mind? Well, technically, yeah, it's that scary. What would happen? If you, I put you on a roller coaster right now at your age. I, you know what? I, I can't do the, I, like if you said, I'm going to put you on the merry-go-round. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that. I can't do the circular thing. I would be so ill. I'm not even, <clears throat> I'm not even exaggerating. I would ha- I would be shut down for the rest of the day. On I'd the be merry-go-round? In, I'd be in a dark room, <laughs> seriously, laying down. The roller coaster, I can do that. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. So when it opens up, you want to go? Where, Elitch's? Yeah. We can do that. I can do the roller coaster. I don't think so. You want so. to put an IFB? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't scream. I'm right. saying I could do the we ride. Can, and we we I can't, record I it? I can't do the spinning Okay. Thing. You promise me we can record it because I can record it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All no, right. No problem. Dave, it was a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine, Julie. Au revoir. <laughs>